Hello, happy dwellers, and welcome to the Happy Dwelling Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here with me today, and I hope you have been well and are creating those great habits so your dwelling place can be a happy one. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? I wish I can hear your response to that because this is a one-sided conversation and it's nice to get some feedback. So thank you to everyone who has actually given me feedback, who has subscribed and rated me and left comments. I really, really appreciate it. And let's keep going. I actually just released my first episode and so far it has been positive feedback. So I'm very grateful for that. So thank you. And if you haven't and you are here listening, make sure you go ahead and listen, listen to it and let me know what you think. I love the feedback and I'm trying to build a community here. So that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into the episode. Today's topic is one that might be, it might be a little bit controversial only because I have a lot of friends, personal friends that might not agree with this topic or might not agree with what it is that I have to say about this topic, but I think it's an important topic nonetheless. And if you don't agree, like, let me know. You can DM me on the Happy Dwelling podcast on Instagram or comment in the comment section on on the YouTube page as well. So I I do want to know more about you guys' opinion on this. This episode is a little bit of uh, opinion, a lot of bit of opinion, and also a little bit of uh, research. So I hope it's not it's not too heavy, and I hope my friends still love me after they hear this. Today's topic is about vegan and vegetarian processed foods, and I am doing this podcast because I feel like it's very, very important to address this topic, specifically because our culture, at least within the past 10-ish years, has this paradigm that you're automatically healthy if you're a vegetarian or a vegan. And I have yet to hear anybody really address the issue at hand when it comes to vegetarian or vegan processed foods. It's become more and more popular in our society, especially as, what is it called? The Impossible Burger came out, the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger. It has even brought this more to the forefront and more people are willing to eat vegan and vegetarian because the food actually tastes like meat. So let me give a little bit of background of my experience. I'm not going to go into depth too much, but I have been a vegetarian on and off for about 10 years now, probably longer. And currently I really, really appreciate plant-based foods. I incorporate a lot of lentils and beans and nuts into my everyday cooking and I think it's a very good thing to do. It's very important and it offers a lot of one financial relief because beans and lentils don't cost a lot of money and if you use that as your protein source then you're you're doing well. You're doing a lot better than if you would buy some beef or chicken. But also there are other health benefits to it as well. Benefits like fiber, prebiotic fiber, fiber that feeds your gut. You have a bunch of micronutrients within it as well. So there are definitely benefits to eating vegetarian and vegan and that I myself have adopted for the most part. I am what I what you would consider a flexitarian, which is a person that kind of ebbs and flows with it. I eat vegetarian one day and then another day I don't. And I don't shame myself for what it is that I eat because it can all be a part of a lovely, healthy diet. I grew up Seventh-day Adventist. And for those of you who don't know what Seventh-day Adventist is, it is a denomination 
of Christians that believe a lot of things. One being that the seventh day is a Sabbath, but they also believe in what they would call the health message. Basically, this is a promotion of a vegetarian or a vegan lifestyle. The population of Seventh-day Adventists also have one of the blue zones in the world within Loma Linda, California. A blue zone is basically one of the places in the world where people live the longest. So they've been doing a bunch of different studies on uh, vegan and vegetarian specifically. I remember my grandmother was a part of one of them about their lifespan, their overall health, their health as they age, etc. And there's a, there's a lot of study. There's a lot of research. If you were to go into PubMed and to look it up yourself, you would see it. It's cool. It's cool coming from that background, but I also went to a bunch of seven day to schools, so that meant a lot of vegan processed meat. You weren't allowed to bring meat on campus of the churches or the schools, and so we ate a lot of questionable veggie meat. And I say questionable because if you were to turn over the box and look at the label, you know, there's a lot of ingredients there that aren't whole ingredients. There's a lot of ingredients that are fillers, emulsifiers, things that are necessary to keep it together and to give it the texture and the desired flavor that you want. But the question I have is, is that necessarily healthy? Is that something that a vegan or a vegetarian should be eating on a regular basis? And my answer to that is no. And we're going to get into the topic a little bit more. And like I said, to all my friends that are vegetarian and vegan, I hope I don't offend you too much. But I have sound reason for having this opinion, and we're going to get into it. An article from Animal Frontiers basically stated that fake meats, and I'm putting that in air quotations with my hands right now, have been available widely since 1992. Cool. With garden burgers, they've been available in supermarkets. Garden burgers generally have like plant materials they'll have like peas and rice and other things so it's more of a whole food type of a burger it doesn't necessarily imitate meat as much but it's been available since 92 that's 30 years ago now so this isn't anything new to our society it's just evolved and now we are where we are today and i went ahead and i asked my dad who has been a vegetarian his whole life what exactly is the timeline that he remembers because he's been around for much longer than I have and because he's been in this vegetarian world for much longer you know he would have a better perspective I asked him hey you know where did you guys get these fake meat sources when you were younger and he threw out the company Atlantic Natural Foods Worthington which is something that is produced by Loma Linda I believe and it was founded in 1890 so they have been as far as I'm concerned, making these fake meats or meat-like products for a while now. What are the actual problems with eating these fake meats? One, they usually have a very high content of sodium, which sodium shouldn't be ashamed, but sodium in high amounts, just like anything in high amounts, can be bad. And a lot of processed foods in general have high sodium contents, which can lead to high blood pressure which could lead to strokes, which could lead to cardiovascular disease. So if you're eating this on a common basis, on a day-by-day basis for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, now your sodium intake for the day is way higher than it should be. And that's something to keep in mind because we don't want to expose ourselves to certain diseases just because we're choosing a certain lifestyle. So there's that. 
Another issue I have, so that's the first issue I have. Second issue I have with it is it uses oftentimes soy. Soy is one of the main ingredients in most of these vegan processed meats. I know now they're incorporating a little bit more peas, a little bit more other, more of other things, but soy is and has been used for a long time because it is a such a rich source of protein especially a rich vegetarian source of protein. But what has happened with soy over the many years, because if you look at Asian cultures and things of that nature, people who have been eating soy for a long time, there usually wasn't a problem. My current problem with soy is that it is a mega crop. And mega crops are often grown way too much. They're often sprayed a lot with a lot of pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, whatever, all the sides. And they are often a lot a lot of times genetically modified because if this is a crop that is being grown a lot we need to make sure that it is able to be grown so if we genetically modify it so that it has all the characteristics it needs to survive whatever temperature or whatever soil whatever the environmental factor that might challenge its growth it's going to survive and we're going to profit off of it same thing applies for the sprays that they spray on it, all the sides, the fungicides, rosenticides, herbicides, all this, all the things that are sprayed on it to prevent them to be eaten by other little critters also help to destroy like things like the soil, which then depletes the soil of the nutrients. And when the soil is depleted of the nutrients, it can't really give back into the crop like it should. So it's a whole cycle of what I believe is wrong with soy but that doesn't mean that you should never ever ever touch soy it just means that you can do soy in moderation and if you can find a non-gmo organic product that would be the best option for soy especially if you are a vegetarian vegan and a lot of your protein does come from soy that's my second issue with processed foods and well not processed foods on a whole but vegan processed foods the third issue I have is it's a processed food, point blank period. Processed foods in general, whether it be vegan, vegetarian, protein sources, or something else are generally stripped of fiber. And without fiber, that means there's less prebiotic foods. There's less foods to feed your gut microbiome. It means a lot of nutrients are stripped out of it. And then I'll give you an example later about how sometimes they put it back in but it's still being stripped out of it from its natural whole food source. Usually processed foods are easier to absorb in the digestive system. So because it is processed, your body takes less work to have to break it down and absorb it. And so that means it's easier, easier to be absorbed. When it's easier to be absorbed, usually that means that you get more calories out of it because not all calories are created equal. Some calories aren't as easily absorbed as others and so you won't get the effect of all the calories so my example for this is apples versus applesauce applesauce is a processed versions of apples and because it is a processed versions of apples whatever if you take a whole a whole apple to applesauce if the ratio is the exact same of apple to apple you're going to be able to absorb more of the calories out of the applesauce than you would out of the apple because the apple has fiber there. It has all these nutrients. It is still in its whole form. It hasn't been cooked or processed in any way, shape, or form. And so the same thing applies for when you're eating any processed food. Your body is going to be able to absorb it more. And then 
what comes along with that is usually depending on the content of the food this can possibly spike your blood sugar if you're eating something that has a lot of simple sugars or simple carbohydrates your blood sugar can be spiked and this is not a good thing it's not a good thing for your blood sugar to be spiked as then you know especially if you're pre-diabetic or you have a history of diabetes in your family it means that your body is fighting to get back to a state of normalcy after that blood sugar spike and it usually takes insulin and a lot of work versus if you were to eat something in its whole food form something that isn't as simple it would take longer to break down and your blood sugar would be relatively stable instead of have that huge spike. And then of course, we're getting further and further away from natural foods. The article I mentioned earlier from Animal Frontiers was questioning whether or not this introduction of vegan vegetarian protein sources is an introduction to a new form of food, a new form of food that is not that's lab grown, that's not real that's not in its real whole form that's further and further away from natural foods we already have a culture where processed foods are the norm but how far are we willing to take it to imitate foods instead of having the actual real thing it's important for us to always kind of come back to center come back to where we originally were like our ancestors had to actually grow their own food. They actually had, there was no supermarkets. They had a relationship with their food. They appreciated their food much, much more. And the further and further we get from there makes me wonder like what our society is going to look like, what our microbiomes are going to look like, how much more damage are we going to add to the system by continuing to process our foods to this high extent. So I'm going to go into a little bit more depth about some of today's processed meats. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Burger. So I went and I looked at the ingredients of each of these. And for the Impossible Burger, it's made out of wheat and potato protein, coconut oil, water, added vitamins and minerals, and leg hemoglobin from soy. So, like I said before, instead of you having the whole thing, instead of there just being completely wheat, instead of there just being potato, now we're extracting the protein out of that and we don't know what protein they're talking about because there's different types of protein in there could be a trigger for some people especially the gluten content and gluten is a protein of wheat so we don't know we don't know what that is specifically but we're seeing that it's the extract instead of the whole thing so that's an example of that we have coconut oil cool i like coconut oil i got no complaints there we got water then we got added vitamins and minerals so we've seen earlier because we took out an extract of something now we're adding pro we're adding vitamins and minerals because like i said it wasn't in its whole food form and then we have leg hemoglobin from soy which is the molecule the the thing that makes it have the mouthfeel of meat and this is a very controversial controversial ingredient and i didn't see enough research on this so i'm not going to comment on it but it is something that i consider to be a little bit questionable and then we have the Beyond Burger. That one is made of a pea protein isolate and various oils, including coconut oil, with cellulose and potato starch and other ingredients. Okay, so let's go through these ingredients. So we have pea protein isolate. So we're isolating pea protein from the pea. Cool. So once again, not the whole pea, just the pea protein. Got it. 
and various oils. So that could mean a lot of different things. And I am going to go over something I am going to go over in a future podcast about oils. So we'll discuss that, but we don't know what oils that means. That can include a whole lot of different things. And it says it includes coconut oil. Still no problems with that. With cellulose. Cellulose is a fiber that is found in green things. It's a plant fiber. So we strip the pea of its natural fiber. We strip the pea from what it originally had. And instead now we're just adding back in cellulose. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's this continual thing of take out, add in. It's, it's, we're playing with our food as if there are no consequences. Do I know the consequences of this completely? Absolutely not. But I do know this. When you ultra process foods, when you process foods to this level, especially when you have the option of making a burger out of whole foods, like I mentioned earlier, you can make a bean burger. You can make a pea burger. They got this stuff all over online. And instead of us doing this, we are trying to imitate meat so much that we are willing to go through, go to whatever extent it takes to alter it, to have the perfect texture and taste. Being a vegetarian and being a vegan is supposed to make you healthier. You can, of course, choose to not be healthy. It's very easy to do that. You can decide to eat all of this vegan veggie meat all the time. You can decide to eat vegan chips and cookies and all the things. But the truth of the matter is, if you are choosing a lifestyle of vegan and vegetarian, the best option for you is to choose something that is actually plant-based. Choose something that is actually beneficial for you on a whole. Choose something that isn't processed because if you're going to go ahead and eat all this processed foods and consider yourself to be healthy are you really making that much of a difference by not eating meat because at least with the meat i know what it is i know what it is i'm not picking and choosing what items i want to create the perfect mouth mouthfeel y'all gonna hate me for this one (laughs) what else is in here potato starch which is a carbohydrate side of potato it's another ingredient that's okay it's just potato starch and then other ingredients so those are the the most modern versions of these vegan vegetarian processed meats there are of course so many many more you can see it in the supermarket aisles you can go to health food stores you can go to asian markets they're everywhere now so you can go ahead and do me a favor when you get it turn it over and read the label You'd be surprised what's in your food. And just because it tastes like shrimp, just because it tastes like beef, doesn't mean you need to to eat it, okay? Yes, I understand. It's nostalgic. It's, It's nice every now and then. Every now and then. That's the key thing. That shouldn't be our everyday. It shouldn't be our, yeah, I'm gonna go hit this up right now. No, please stop. Okay, so I also wanted to go over tofu and tempeh because those are also processed vegetarian vegan meats, but they're much less processed. So tofu is processed by taking dried soybeans, soaking them in water, crush them, boil them, and then there's a mixture. There's like a pulp side and then there is a whey side, kind of like how when you make cheese, you have the whey and you have the cheese. That's how it is, right? 
the whey would be the soy milk side of it, and then the cheese would be the, the tofu side of things. So what's added to it to help create the separation from the soybeans are salt coagulants like calcium and magnesium chlorides and sulfates. They're usually added to the soy milk to separate the curds from the whey. So some people have issues with sulfates. I'm going to leave that guys leave that up to you guys. If you want, you can look that up. If not, cool. But it is something that people, some people are sensitive to. And it is something that is generally recognized as safe. It's on the GRAS, GRAS list from the FDA. But I'm going to leave that up to you. You check it out. You research it. And you let me know what you think about it. And then we have tempeh. Tempeh is usually made from soy, sometimes barley, and other grains as well. And this is a fermented type of veggie meat in air quotations. So anytime anything is fermented, usually that means that there are probiotics attached to it. So that's awesome. And usually fermented foods are also broken down a little bit more by the bacteria and it's better for you. It's easier on your digestive system to to take in and to absorb and to, it's just better overall, usually. Soybeans are fermented with a starter culture for about 36 to 37 hours at a certain temperature and voila, you have tempeh. To all my vegans and vegetarians out there, I love y'all. I love y'all so much. However... Sometimes you guys can be dogmatic. And by that, I mean judgmental about things and other people because of the way they choose to live their life. It's important that we don't shame other people and we don't judge other people heavily based off of that, especially because it is easy once again. Like being a vegan doesn't mean you're healthy. Being a vegetarian doesn't mean you're healthy. It means that you might have some more some more positive health ben- health habits associated with what it is that you do and how you live your life but that doesn't mean that you do if you are going to be vegan or vegetarian the best thing you can do is to actually be plant-based you pro- get your protein sources from things like lentils beans nuts seeds grains and there's even breads that have sprouted grains and things of that nature that can offer you excellent protein sources. And what I'm going to do, because I, I, I've actually compiled a list a while ago of some vegan protein sources and how much protein is in each of them. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put that in the show notes. I'm going to put that in the show notes and I'm also going to put it in the um, description box on YouTube. So if anybody wants to access it, they can go ahead and look into it. So I just lastly wanted to go over a very general equation that I learned in school for general protein requirements. So usually you would multiply 0.8 grams times the amount of kilograms you are. And that would equal to about a very general amount of how much protein that you are required to eat in a day. So if, if you're if you want to look at the list that I have compiled and you want to match that up with your weight, go ahead and do that so you can find how much you should be eating to meet your protein requirements. So yeah, that's it for today. I don't want to go in anymore. I feel like I've, I've done enough. And if you guys have any questions or concerns or anything, you know, go ahead. Like I said, send me a DM on Instagram. 
I'll be happy to answer you. Maybe we can do another podcast episode going over this some more or maybe hitting it from a different angle. That is all I have for you all today. Thank you so much for spending your time listening to me. I hope you join me in the next one to learn more about health topics that can help you improve your life so you can be happy in your dwelling place. Love y'all. Bye.